Welcome to Sisters in Scripture. It's your girl Glow, and I have with me Miss Lady T. Hey, hey, and Mayor Bear. Hello. And you just heard the Queen of So Herself, Miss Aretha Franklin, singing about the miracle of Lazarus. And as you have guessed it, we are going to be talking about that miracle in this podcast today. You can find Lazarus in John 11, chapters 1 through 44. But first, we are going to start off with our prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for bringing us together again, Lord. We thank you for getting us to and through this week. We thank you that every day was a great day. We thank you for a wonderful weekend. We thank you for having family and friends surrounding us that are good at heart, Lord. And we just pray for all of our listeners. We pray that whatever they stand in need of, that you be their provider, their comforter, their healer, uh, their love and their support, Lord, that they know that they are loved by somebody and they are loved by you and help them to see that they are a child of God. Uh, give them confidence without giving them pride, Lord. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So we are doing the story of Lazarus, his death and resurrection. So pretty much um, Lazarus was sick. He was uh, living in the town of Bethany. He is the brother of Mary, who has the sister of Martha. I think they're all related. I'm not sure. But anyway. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, they're all siblings. In any case, he was sick and not doing very well. So Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus who was not in Bethany that Lazarus was sick and he kind of was like oh well it's all good for the glory of God he's gonna get through it so forth and so forth so he decided to stay two more days where he was and then go to Mary and Martha and Lazarus and so he told the disciples they're gonna go to Judea and they were like um, why you gonna do that? Um, they didn't really like you. They tried to stone you, and he pretty much was just like, "There are there's light in the day, twelve hours in the day, and if you walk in the day, you don't stumble because you see the light of the world. But if you walk at night, you don't see the light because it's not in you." So they're just like, "Okay." And then he said, besides, you know, Lazarus, he's uh, asleep and I'm going to go wake him up. So the disciples were kind of like, oh, Lord, you're funny. If he's sleeping, that means he'll get well. So why would you do that? And he's like, so listen, home's going to stay. Okay. And I'm going to go do some wonderfulness. And good thing I wasn't there. So y'all can see this. And 
they were like, all right. And uh, Thomas, he was like, yeah, let us go. And uh, we might die with him. So, yes, he's a comedian. So in any case, uh, Jesus came and he found out that Lazarus had been dead for two, for, excuse me, for four days because he was already in the tomb for four days. And pretty much he was uh, in Bethany near Jerusalem, which was two miles away. And there were a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of Jews with um, Mary and Martha to comfort them because of the loss of their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, he she ran out and was just like, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And, you know, I know whatever you ask of the Lord, you'll give. And he's like, well, your brother's going to rise again. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know the whole resurrection and death and blah, blah, blah. I got that. I totally believe that. And, and he's like, see, no, no, no. I need you to understand that I'm the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. He asked her, do you believe this? And she's like, well, yes, I do. And so then pretty much when she heard all these things, she went and got her sister, Mary, and was like, the teachers come and he wants you. So she runs out to him, but in her running out to him, she like loses it and she cries and she's just like, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I mean, weeping, ugly cry, everything. And then all the people who were comforting her were with her and they went out too. And pretty much when Jesus saw Mary crying and then all the people with her crying, he groaned and he was so troubled and he wept. He also asked where he was laid, and she said, okay, I'll come and take you to him. And then, of course, the Jews were in the back like, well, if he did all these wonderful works and opened the eyes of a blind man, I mean, what, why, why he make him not die? So in any case, he's like, uh, okay, so can you roll the stone away? And then Martha's looking at him like, um, he's been gone for like four days, so there is a stench. And he pretty much comes back and says, well, didn't you believe what I had just told you? And then she was like, okay. And they rolled the stone away. And then Jesus, he lifts up his eyes and says a prayer to the Lord. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And child, when he did that, he cried in a whole kind of a loud voice like Lazarus. Come on out, cheer. And then pretty much Lazarus came out with his grave cloths on face all wrapped up. And he said, okay, you got to loose him up and let him go. So Lazarus just walked out the drink like, what to do? And he alive, although he was dead for four days. So what a wondrous work that we just saw. Any thoughts on uh, this wonderful tale here? This is probably one of Jesus' most miraculous miracles while he was living on the earth. So I think it's just an interesting story. There's so much to learn about Jesus and about God and kind of the way they work. The way they work is a big mystery, but sometimes they'll give you little clues throughout the scripture as to like their thought processes or the way they work or the things that they look for. And I really feel like this story does that. For instance, when word got to Jesus that Lazarus was sick, he said, oh, I'm going to stay for two days because I love them. That's so weird and backwards. You would think that 
if someone mm -hmm. loved you, as soon as you called out, as soon as they called out to him, that he would come right away, right? So why is it that he said, I'm going to stay because I love them? That's, that was the biggest, like, confusing thing to me. But sometimes, you know, God and Jesus, they, they work in their own way. And I think that the reason why they did that is because this was Jesus's biggest miracle. And he, well, one of them, one of his biggest miracles. And I think that he wanted to, I don't know, showboat it maybe on someone who he loved. He wanted to use it on someone who probably he thought could handle it. This isn't the first time that Jesus raised someone from the dead because he raised the, the girl from the dead mm -hmm. as well. But with the girl, he told them not to tell anybody that he did it. But with Lazarus, he did it for all to see. He wanted everybody to for everybody to have faith. He wanted people to have faith through this miracle. Um, and I think that's why he chose Mary, Lazarus, and Martha to do this miracle on. But I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure there are all, all kinds of reasons why he said, because I love them, I'll wait two more days. What What are your thoughts on that? I think he waited the two more days so there is no doubt that he raised them from the dead because maybe somebody might have been like, he really didn't die. He just told him to go lay in there and just hang out here until I come back. That could be part of it too, as a thought. Well, I think that he also did it so that he could have more witnesses because remember, you know, they were, they wanted to kill him. They didn't really believe in the things that he was doing. So especially with Mary going to him and all those Jews following her, that was more mm -hmm. witness. And in addition to that, he wanted to show other people that he is the resurrection that, you know, even though you may die, you will live. So he wanted to show that to his disciples and also to the Jews that he is the only true living God, that he is the one that gave life. He is the one that can take life. He commands everything. So I think that was his reason why he waited, because that was something that was to be shown to those around who he is, that he is the true living God. It was kind of like he used Lazarus in a way to mm -hmm. show it. But you know how they say don't let you don't know what your don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Mm -hmm. Kind of like that. Like even when he said that he was sleeping, the disciples were clueless what he meant by that. Mm -hmm. And the fact is that he and God already, this is already something that God probably already spoke to him and was going to happen. And, you know, the part where he cried, it wasn't because he didn't know the ending of what was going to happen. He cried because of the people that were also crying because he saw the hurt in people because God loves us. So when we hurt, he hurts too. So that to me showed the human side of God mm -hmm. and showed everybody that he's just not, you know, a God that just sit on the throne and just commands, but he has emotions as well. He hurts just like we hurt when we hurt and he's hurting when we sin against him, he's hurt. You know what I mean? So that was the hum human side that he showed. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So you said something interesting. You said about he wanted more witnesses. And it's just interesting that two is the number for witnesses. Um, (laughs) We talk about (laughs) You said it. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't even think about that. But it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Numbers a lot and what they mean biblically. and And that's interesting. And then you mentioned about the whole thing in Judea. So Bethany is in Judea. It's like, a, I guess it's a little mm-hmm. neighborhood in Judea or it's, it's probably a neighborhood like a borough or something. And so Jesus had just been there recently and the people in Judea were not happy with him, obviously did not believe in him and tried mm-hmm. to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then, so then he pretty much, he didn't have to flee. He just pretty much walked out of there because it wasn't his time to die then anyway. So he walked out of there. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Thomas, the comedian, Mr. Thomas, Doubting Thomas is most Girl, Doubting Thomas, boo. Doubting Thomas was at it from the from the get-go. That's why he was like, Oh yeah, okay, we'll go and die with Lazarus. <laughs> that is kind of funny. Yeah, no we'll go and did die. He that he was gonna die with Lazarus, or did he mean that he was gonna, no. they were gonna go die with Jesus? Because remember they said, yeah. Well, they wanted to kill you. And Thomas was like, let, let, let's go. Let's so all we could go die, die together. You, basically, yeah. But so you know I what? Thomas kind of go hard. Like he was for real a right. ride die disciple now. <laughs> And you was a ride or die. I don't know if it's you. Look, I don't know if it's you. Let me see your hand. Like he was the only bold one that said, "Look, Negro, I don't know about you. (laughs) Let me make sure you're the one." But not just that. I mean, the (laughs) fact that he was going even like follow him back to Judea, where they almost died. He was like, "Yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm ready to die with you, Jesus." Uh huh. Yeah. Who says that? I mean, seriously. (laughs) But doubting Thomas. Yeah, Thomas is pretty awesome. He get a bad name, but I think that's kind of awesome that he was ready to to ride or die with him. But, that's right. That's but yeah, <laughs> but it is interesting that number one, we can see early on, and uh, I, I guess it's more later in his in Jesus's ministry, but throughout Jesus's ministry, he was willing to sacrifice himself for his people. And this is one of those examples of it because he was willing to go back to where they were just about to stone him to do this miracle for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing interesting about the stone. And then the other interesting thing is it's in a place where people didn't believe in him. So he probably wanted to make this miracle public because I'm pretty sure that after yep. this happens, a lot of people from Judea who probably was in the crowd about to stone him probably was like, oh my God, he is the Messiah. Maybe, you know, I should be following him. And word spread after this whole thing. And Lazarus actually became famous. I think it's not a bad thing that Jesus used Lazarus in this way. It's probably a good thing because when Jesus uses me to write a book or to heal a person in my office, or to talk to a friend uh, who need comforting or to give money to the poor or whatever it is that he uses me for, that feeling that you get when God has used you for some kind of miracle is, I, I don't even know if I can describe it. It feels like love times 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm, you know, that mm-hmm. feeling of in love. And then when you, and then when you figure out, oh my God, God like miraculously put this together so that I can help this person. And you mm-hmm. actually like obeyed and did it. It feels so good. It just, it makes you just 
confirm your belief in God all over again. And it's, mm-hmm. it's such a blessing to be a blessing. And I think that's what Jesus did for Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. He blessed them so that they became a blessing to others and they were able to help others believe in the truth. So that's very good points that I agree with you, Lady T. Hmm. And the part where I know Mary Bear was talking about when he came out the grave mm-hmm. and then Jesus was like, lose him and let him go. Mm. Yeah. Just imagine. Imagine seeing a dead person coming out. First of all, I don't want to touch you because I don't know what's happening. Like, <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm in shock. But then I mean, Jesus is like, loose him and let him go. It's like, it made it seem like he was bounded yeah. by the death, you know, like release him, let him be free. Well, he was, he was bounded by the grave cloths too. Cause like, right. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm, I mean, unfortunately I have prepared a mini of a body for the morgue. What? In my but career. what I was, go ahead. Well, I was saying, I was saying that he was not just bounded by like the death itself, but he's bounded by the actual like cloths. So he was probably having a hard time arising as though he was commanded to do because they bind they bind your your ankles together they bind your wrists together typically and then it's controversy controversial now but we used to bind um the head together so that the mouth won't open and then of course some people put stuff over the eyes so that along with the death itself is probably rough but the the grave cloth itself and I, you know I'm not exactly sure how they did the um anointing and embalming in those days but I would imagine that you're, you know, some, somewhat wrapped like a mummy. So that that was the part I was just going to say. Yeah, Pretty and much, what I'm, yeah. I'm looking like because I was thinking about, you know, when you're when you're dead to sin, like how you're bound by your sin, mm-hmm. and just you know the death clothing, the things that are weighing you down. And he was like, loose him and let him go. Like he is free in me now. So that's what I was just thinking, like how, you know, when you read the scripture, it's highlighted in red, meaning like that's him speaking. And mm-hmm. it says loose him. Like I could just imagine how he's like, okay, why is he see, still bounded? I have released him. Like, you know, when you're you're in Christ, when he gives you life, you're free. So probably Jesus seeing that it bothered him, like, hey, let it let take all that stuff off. Right. Take those dead claws off of my body. Like basically take take that weight of guilt Mm -hmm. and shame Mm -hmm. from the sins that you committed in your past Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Take that off when you find giving you life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Take that off. You don't need to let the weight of those things bind you anymore once you have come a new uh once you have become born again. So this mm-hmm. is very symbolic of being born again and mm-hmm. finding Jesus and be- becoming saved. Yeah, you don't have to let all that guilt from your past, like whether it had mm-hmm. been a drug addiction, mm-hmm. fornication, whatever it was in your past that weighs heavy on you, you're free now. You yeah. know, once you become once you become 
a Christian, all that is forgiven. Now, that doesn't mean that you can go around sinning and being bad and then be like, oh, I'm Christian, I'll be forgiven, you know, whatever. I'm gonna put, this, put the dead cloth on me again. I'm going to take it back off. I'm going to put the dead cloth back on me again. Take it, it, it means that you still got to pay for your your actions, but Correct. you don't have to let that sin weigh you down anymore. You know, you know, mm -hmm. um, when you commit a sin, that the sin is in of us in and of itself is punishment. You know, it always comes mm -hmm. back around to bite you in the butt. You can break free from that cycle with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And remember, like he was talking about the stench too. The same thing, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, yes. Yeah. The sin stink. <laughs> <laughs> and only God can stand the odor, right? <laughs> so well, only Jesus, you like know? even God, only the only when you've been washed in the blood, right, like, right? You know, even with in God's presence, like sin, sin is detestable. I feel like to God and Jesus with His mm -hmm. blood on us, pretty much washes that, covers that stench from sin. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. all that. Basically, that's what it does. It covers that stench so that you can be clean again. You can be in God's presence again. Amen. So for all you guys, newly saved or only saved, who's carrying around this guilt of what I used to be, or even, you know, sometimes the devil will try to play tricks on you and be like, oh, you, uh-uh, I remember when you was, you was sister glow up in a club. <laughs> I remember when you was this person, that person. You know what I'm saying? And it will make you try to feel guilty about the things that you've done in your past, but you don't, you don't have to let that weigh you down anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And also the scripture that caught my eye was when Martha, they said, Martha ran to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then he said, she said, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Mm. So it's like both Mary and Martha said the same thing. Like if you would have been here. So they know that God is a healer. They mm -hmm. know him as a healer. They know that if he was there, he would have spoken life into him and the sickness would have been gone. So it was kind of like semi-limiting his, his power. But at the right. same time, it was like, God was like, didn't I tell you, you know, like, let me remind you again who I am. So right. it could be not just witnessing to the Jews. It could be witnessing to those also who say that they believe in him because his disciples, he brought his disciples for a reason as well. So they can mm. see. This. That's, that's a really great point. And Martha Martha really was a soldier because even though she probably felt like Jesus had let her down, you know, mm -hmm. she had been so hospitable to Jesus and all 12 of the disciples and cooking mm -hmm. and cleaning and all that stuff when they would come mm -hmm. to town. And the one time she asked for Jesus to help her, <laughs> the what literally the one time mm -hmm. she asked, he did not come. And mm -hmm. And she was probably devastated. I've been in that situation before when I was devastated. Like I thought that Jesus or God or whatever would come through for me. Like I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm like, Lord, please let me pass this test. Lord, mm -hmm. please help me. Please 
fix my marriage. Please, please help me with whatever it is. There's been times that I have been praying and fasting and on my knees and crying and going to church and paying more than what my tithes were and just believing for a miracle and it didn't happen. And I was mm -hmm. mad and disappointed and devastated as I'm sure mm -hmm. that Martha and Mary was. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Lord, where are you? Where are mm -hmm. you? Why have you not dealt with this yet? Why haven't you come yet? And I cried out the same way Martha and Mary did. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But the thing about Martha is that she was still calling him Lord. She, he was still Messiah to her. She still believed in him, even though he didn't, what she thought that he didn't come through for her. She still believed him in him, even though she felt devastated that the miracle did not happen for her when she asked of it. Right. And I think that speaks highly to her character and to, and I think that also is a lesson that we should learn for our characters too. Because sometimes when stuff don't happen the way we want, you know, your mama died or when you were praying, please, Lord, save my mama, you know, something devastating happens to you. And how often does something devastating happen to you and you decide, well, I'm not going to be a Christian anymore. I'm not following that anymore. You didn't come through for me. So why should I call you, Lord? Why are you my God? And I've met so many people who have become atheists because they prayed for something to happen. And it didn't happen or something devastating happened in their life. And they thought, well, if God was good, he wouldn't have let this happen in the first place. But truth be told that Lord is your Lord. Lord is God, whether there's good or bad going on in your life. And if you stick with him and you still say, you know what? I still believe you if you, even though this didn't happen, it didn't come through. Then the miracle that you will experience after the storm will be bigger mm -hmm. than you can ever imagine. The same way that this miracle for Lazarus was. I'm sure that Mary and Martha couldn't even imagine that their brother was going to be raised from the dead and they were going to be a world family, famous family. They was bigger than the Kardashians back in the Jesus day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody was trying to keep up with Lazarus, Martha and Mary. And they probably did not expect that it was probably exceeded their wildest dreams when they just said, Hey, I can you just make him well? And he went above and beyond and made him resurrected. So yeah. Right. God's timing is just awesome because I can definitely attest to that. And it's hard for sure, because especially if you're set on something happening as you want it to happen. But the question is, is it the will of God? And a lot of times it's not. And you don't understand that because it's what you want so badly and desperately thinking that you need. And it's actually just what you want and not what you need. And what you need is something else. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times you will be upset about it and think that the Lord didn't hear you out I know of a person once long ago and you guys might know who I'm talking about but basically the person was trying to get a particular place to live for her and her family and it didn't work out where she was able to get this place and so she was devastated she was hurt because she felt like oh my gosh I'm gonna have to live in this awful place that I currently live in and I'm not getting what I wanted and so forth and so forth. You know, it was very hurtful. And the crazy part is that not too long after she didn't get the place, said place had caught on fire. 
So had she had gotten this place for her family, she would have had nowhere to go and lost her items. It was a horrible mess. So the Lord had just like wiped her away from this whole situation. And then she ended up being able to get another place that was even better. And I definitely can attest that on my husband because if I had been with some of the people that I had been with, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be sitting here talking on this podcast. <laughs> right. Sometimes God <laughs> says no to us when we pray to him because, you know, first of all, he knows everything. So sometimes he'll say no to us when we're praying to him because he knows something we don't know. Like that man that you in love with, mm-mm, he a cheetah, he a beta, he got some kind of disease or even a job. I'm praying for a job. Please, Lord, let me get this job. Oh, my God. And the company goes under. So sometimes uh, God says no to us for a reason. And our job is to pretty much just have faith, whether it's a yes or a no. Whatever the answer is, it's for our benefit. It is for our good. And we have to have faith that God loves us and that he answers prayers that he can answer and he doesn't answer prayers that will harm us and he he weeps with us when we are crying he feels it he cares about how we feel because he weeps he wept with them so he obviously cared how mary and martha feel if if he's crying with them he cares about how we feel too but it's just he knew what they didn't know he knew he was going to raise lazarus from the dead you know he knew that already he just cried because they were hurting, just like he cries with us when we're hurting. And he's happy with us when we're happy. I agree. Everything that you all are saying is definitely, um, I was just, when you were talking, just thinking about God's no, mm-hmm. it's not a denial. It's, right. you know, he, every day, I know we say a semi prayer for God to protect and cover us. Every Christian will pray for protection. Every Christian will pray for direction on this day. And when we commit that to God, we need to know that when he says no, it is to protect us. Mm -hmm. It is to guide us. It is to put us on the right path and not, you know, leave us astray. But our human self always want what we want. We Mm -hmm. want that microwavable yes because it is that desire, but that desire is our desire. It's not his. So we have to learn how to be okay. I'm not saying be super satisfied, but be okay with God's no. Mm -hmm. You may not understand it, but it's not for you to understand because you are saying that you are trusting him. You trust in him blindly. Mm-hmm. Just he trusts us each and every day. We trust in him blindly. But he already know what's in store for us. We don't. Right. So when we get that no, just be like, all right, well, God, you know what? I don't see what you seeing, but hey, thank you anyway. Because what was ahead must have been crucial. Mm-hmm. I might not understand it now and maybe never. You know, till I get mm-hmm. to, you know, having it, you may tell me, but yep. yeah, no, I'm good. Like it may hurt whenever God's no comes, you know, it may hurt in certain situations, but you have to learn that he is not here to harm you or hurt you. He is here to 
love on you, guide you, protect you. So yes, his ways are not our ways. <laughs> the way he think is not the way we think. We just have to adjust to understand his ways. Yeah, I agree. God God is not saying no to you or restricting you because he's trying to hurt you. That's mm -hmm. completely the opposite of what his intentions are. And one thing I've learned, like as maturing as a Christian, and I still got plenty of ways to go. So this is a whole journey. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't even think I'm in the middle. I still think I'm in the beginning. Girl, till you die, <laughs> you have not arrived. Okay. Right. But one thing <laughs> I've learned on this journey is that, you know, God's desire for my life is way better than my own desire for my life. <laughs> Man, I learned that one the hard way a few times. Okay. Right, forcing things, right? Exactly. Forcing things when all the flags were right there. And it's exactly. like God is like hot, 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 red, red, red. You're like, no, no, no. Touch, touch, touch. Right. I'm like, oh, that looks good. Let me touch it. It's a hot right. stove. And then nope, I didn't learn my lesson. Let me touch it again. But I have <laughs> learned that God's desires are way better for me than my desires are. And yeah. so, you know, my prayers went from, oh, I want this, I want this husband, I want this man, you know, let him fall in love with me and get married and blah, 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 to, okay, Lord, you know, I do want this guy. However, mm -hmm. if he crazy or if he's this or he that, you know, please just change my desires to whatever you want for me because I know your mm -hmm. desires are better for me anyway. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> My friend definitely changed after a few uh, harsh relationships. Let me tell you that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but the same goes with, and it could just it could be uh, generalized to anything that you're wanting for. You, know, if you want for you know uh, to go to a specific college or school, or if you want to get a specific job, or if you want friend, or even. Good things like trying to figure out what church that you want to join, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. God's mm -hmm. desire for those things in your life are way better than yours. So just just start trusting him and you'll start seeing like paths and doors open up. And then you get to this place where you just have a lot of joy and you just feel free. And it is a free and feeling to know that, you know, you can trust God who knows everything and who loves you. It's a very freeing feeling to know that you don't have to be in control of everything. And that if you mess up, then it's going to be like this whole horrible thing. So it does take a lot of anxiety off of life when you start trusting in God. Amen. And what, what they always say, God's time is the best time. Mm -hmm. So yep. even though that four day, um, that two days was the best time. Yeah, and four days <laughs> dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it always, you know, people always say, oh, God is on time. He never late. But I feel like he was late in this situation. Well, he, <laughs> but, he was, but he wasn't. He was fashionably <laughs> late. He was late with a purpose. <laughs> well, hey, in human, in human mindset, he was late. But right. in, right in the time. Trinity mindset, he was on time. Right, on yes, time for a right. miracle. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah. He's always on time. Sometimes it feel like he's late. You'd be like, God, why is it taking so long? <laughs> I'd be like, look, Lord, look, why? A month is like maybe a uh, thirty minutes for him. <laughs> right, not even <laughs> exactly. a split exactly. second. Right, 
if that. <laughs> what is it? A year is like a thousand. A, a year is like a thousand, I think, or a day is mm -hmm. a thousand years, something like that. Mm -hmm. In heaven's time, but he still like does not neglect that one day for us. You know what I'm saying? Or the yeah. four days, he still is there when we need him. You know, so even though we're on this earth, but for a little speck in time, he's still there throughout every day of our life. Some more yeah. thoughts, guys? Or final thoughts, shall I say? I think my final thoughts would be to remember that God's time is perfect. Mm. We may not see it at the moment, but it is perfect. And that don't ever think that God does not feel your pain. He does. You know, you whatever you're going through, it could be something that he already told you not to do and you did it. But because you're hurting, he's going to hurt with you. Mm -hmm. That he is that type of loving father. And he is there to resurrect you from your sins, from your dead, um, you know, your iniquities. And that he is, the resurrection he is true to what he stands for and that's giving you life in every situation mm, very good my final thoughts are jesus wept it is the shortest verse in the entire <laughs> bible but it has so much meaning to it and mm -hmm. i second what you said lady t it means that God does care about how you feel. He cries with you. He is joyous with you. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to die. He wants you to live. And he wants you to live with him in his kingdom forever where there is no sickness or death. So when he does things, when he says no, or when he, when he doesn't show up when you feel like he was supposed to show up, that does not mean that he did it because he didn't care or didn't love you or wanted to punish you. There are other reasons and they are good reasons. And we just have to have faith and believe in that. And that's what I would say. Amen. Well, that's Amen. not really much I can say. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much what I would have said. Um, the only thing I, I suppose, which it just piggybacks off of both points, well, not points, but both of what you guys said is just try to remember that sometimes your wants are not what you need and it's not the will of God. So maybe what you thought you wanted or and or needed was not really for you and that what is for you is coming and you just have to hold on to that, which is mm -hmm. quite difficult at times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. Easier said than done, yeah. but... <laughs> we got to learn from Mary and Martha how to do this, right? With some grace. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and close this out. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for being such a loving God. We thank you for being our father. We thank you for being our strength each and every day, Lord God. We know that walking this life, Lord, um, it's not easy, but knowing and believing and trusting in you, knowing that you're there, that you go before us each and every day and clear the path for us each and every day makes it all easy and better, Lord. So, God, we just thank you, Lord, for your love and kindness. We thank you for your 
undeniable protection upon your loved ones, Lord. And we're asking God that the words that were spoken today, that it will resonate in each listener's heart, Lord. Father God, speak to them clearly, Lord God. Tug on their hearts, Lord God, to know that you are there, Lord, that you care for them, that you are their true living God and that you care everything that they go through, Lord, and that they could come to you regardless of what it is, Lord God. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for giving us the strength and the ability to be able to be used by you too, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.